Creepers, in this time of protest following the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, we, the Crypt Creepers podcast, stand in solidarity with Black Lives Matter and the families of those who have been hurt or killed by the state. We are absolutely opposed to the current policing paradigm and the white supremacy it represents. We want to be clear at Crypt Creepers that we are an anti-racist podcast. We believe that Black Lives Matter. We believe that police brutality is real. And we believe we live in a colonialist, racist state that needs to be fixed. If any of this is controversial or a problem for you, we kindly suggest that you unsubscribe and stop listening to our podcast. We need to provide material change and support. This is a time for action. We all need to get involved. The most direct way is to participate in protests. But maybe that isn't for you. There are organizations providing backup to protesters, supplies, water, logistical backup, if you will. And lastly, there's money. You can always donate. Right. Donate to your local Black Lives Matter. There are various mutual aid networks, bail funds. And we will provide a variety of links. And these are just suggestions. There are a lot of good people doing a lot of good work out there. In the long run, we need to hold our local and national politicians accountable. But we need to impact material change at this moment. This is not a time to remain insulated. Get involved. Get mad. Get political. This is working. Greetings, boils and ghouls. You're listening to Crypt Creepers, the podcast where we settle in with our laundry and tune in to the greatest horror anthology of our generation, Tales from the Crypt. I'm Mary Johnston, and this desperate house husband is my brother, Thomas Johnston. How are you, Thomas? I'm doing great. I'm ensconced here with uh, my, my dirty laundry, my clean laundry. Your I'm dirty, not folding laundry. dirty laundry. You know, you have to fold it and then you put it in the, put it in the washing machine and then you fold, fold it again. Fold. I feel like I've just like stumbled in on uh, a workshop of Christopher Guest trying to like figure out how to be a dumb character. <laughs> it's like not something that would make it into one of his movies, but it's like something he would consider. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. What? Who is in this episode and who is responsible? Who are the responsible parties? Who is responsible? Who wrote spoiled? Shut up, I'm spoiled. Yeah, when you hear it, when you hear it, don't you hear it in a sort of a, like, spoiled? It's spoiled. I, well, I don't want to burn it, but I cannot make hide nor hair of this title. Carry on. <laughs> I have some bad ideas about why it's called spoiled. Okay. Um, but, okay. So the director of this, let's face it, fairly regressive episode is is the Pretty... ironically named Andy Wolk. Yeah. He is. Andy, not he... so woke. Hiya, <laughs> up top. No, I'm sure he's a lovely man. It's no, But um, he, um, he does some... Um, directly, but also he was a writer on um, From Earth to the Moon, uh, everyone's dad's favorite <laughs> um, Apollo program, Tom Hanks voiced documentary. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember watching all he, of that. He, he also directed, um, uh, I believe, an episode called or a, a TV movie called Criminal Justice, hmm. which had a young Forrest Whitaker in it. And like got one. It was for HBO, I believe, and like won all these awards for being a TV movie. Um 
he did an episode of The Sopranos. And I feel like I've talked about people who did an episode of The Sopranos. Maybe it was this one. Maybe I've even talked about this guy before. Um, I, I do not know. Um, but he does Boca, which is, of course, the the very excellent episode of a prestige television show that we all love and enjoy. The one where they find out that Uncle Junior Soprano um, performs oral sex on women and isn't that unmanly and perhaps deserving of death. So that, that so that's fun. That's good. And Wolk. Um he also what, what uh, channel was Entourage on Showtime, right? <laughs> um, I, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't watch garbage. Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like maybe The Sopranos. Maybe, maybe Entourage oh, wait, is the Mary. maybe maybe Entourage is the the 6 p.m. on Fox sitcom version of The Sopranos. That's what I'm putting. I mean, out there. I don't, no, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm making much of it. The Sopranos is good, and also probably he didn't, you know, necessarily just he directed the episode doesn't mean he's responsible for the story. Uh, yes, I hear you, Internet. Anyway, um, he also did, uh, he also did Criminal Minds, the, the, the that awesome, uh, you know, uh, beautiful white lady Marine moves to the hood to teach youths, youths about, uh, you know, reading and stuff. Is she Michelle Pfeiffer? Yes, it's Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Leading I love to Michelle all sorts Pfeiffer, of, but that's wild. It's a wild all choice. Sorts of, leading to all sorts of parodies that involve, like, sitting down in your chair backwards and everything. Um, also, Gangster's Paradise. Right. He directed some episodes. He had directed some episodes of Gossip Girl, Ugly Betty, <gasps> Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. He Gossip Girl? Now I want to know which pieces he did. And he also wrote um, Dead Right um, for uh, TFTC, which is, of course, the... Um, episode with uh, Demi Moore and uh, the now very canceled um, oh Andrew save me Jeffrey uh, Re- Jeffrey yeah. right uh, Jeffrey Tambor Jeffrey yeah. Tambor with Je- yeah Jeffrey Tambourine um, yeah, Je- Jeffrey the Tambourine man. <laughs> Je- Je- Jeffrey the Tambourine that we will not bang anymore because he is no good <laughs> well, Mary Mary please do not <laughs> that was sorry mom and dad um, God, going, going blue Je- um, anyway that, that just, makes sense, actually. Just to kind of show, though, that his career spans a lot of this. This guy has a ton of directing credits. There's a lot of stuff for sure. TV. He's this should not define necessarily what he did. Although the fact that he did Dead Right also, like, mm, maybe. Uh, eh, there's some. There's some. We're, stuff shoot, we're shooting the match. We can, we, can, we need to. All right. Who save wrote it. it? Save it. Save it. This was written by Connie Johnson. A woman, right? A, a lady. We don't have any ass- of those. Who is an assistant to producer, uh, takes an assistant to producer credit for almost all of the Tales from the Crypt episodes in season two, and was an associate producer for basically all the episodes here in season three, and was uh, credited as attractive nurse in My Brother's Keeper. Um, She was in the Andrew Dice Clay movie Adventures of Ford Fairlane as tour guide. And she was also a production associate for Dangerous Minds. Um, not many other writing credits for her. Um, and then she was assisted by someone named Doug Ronning, for whom this is his own. This is his only writing credit. Huh. Yeah. It almost feels like maybe they they were like, well, who's going to adapt this? Well, she's here. <laughs> like, I mean, if she's already on the payroll. Yeah, possibly. Who knows? I, you know, this is. Did she I'm write sure anything else? Um, I don't believe so. Okay. Or if so, nothing that seemed especially noteworthy when I did my research. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, so the cast, we have Faye Grant as Janet. Um, she has a fairly big role in the 
V um, uh, television miniseries and then the two uh, sequel series. Um, she was in The Omen 4, and she also had a big role in The, or a role in the Greatest American Hero. She um, is one of those people that looks a lot like uh, Catherine O'Hara to me. Yes. Yes, I think. Yes, absolutely. Like, a, like a, when you say that, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, for a minute, I thought it was Catherine O'Hara, and I was like, this is going to be great. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, you know. Yes. Nope. Nope, she is not. No shits Creek in her. So, anyway. Um, well, I don't necessarily think this episode is her fault, but. No, 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 no. No, I, I think just she actually does a pretty good job. Sure. But, yeah, no, the episode is a little bit stinky. Yeah, little, little, yeah. So, woofer. Um, uh, Alan Rackins is Leon. Um, he was in Golden Girls. He was the voice of the Clock King in the Batman animated ah, series. Wait, who is he in Golden Girls? Um, I don't. Uh, I didn't write it down. I don't think he. I, I don't think he was a. If I recall correctly, I don't believe he was a recurring character. Oh, it's okay, just sort okay. of like he was. He was in an episode or something. Sure. He had. He had a bigger role, I think, in L.A. Law. He was in Showgirls. He was in Dharma and Greg. He also <laughs> well. was in General Hospital and Grey's Anatomy. So he got to be a doctor in a kind of soapy thing. Yeah, it's sort of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he specializes in soaps. Yeah. Anita Morris plays Fuchsia Monroe. And this is a woman who probably deserves um, more research and more a more learned take than I was able to give her just kind of briefly. She's mostly kind of a famous, like, I guess sort of like vamp or like sexy musical actress. Um, she was in the musical Nine and was nominated for a Tony Award for that. Um, I meant to do more research on this, but like, I didn't. Like, do you mean that she would be like, um, uh, she she would be the the sexy devil lady in uh, Damn Yankees? I that's the sense I get. Let, okay. let me put it like this: at the Tonys that year, she was supposed to perform one of the numbers from it, and they were like, "No, your costume is too risque for the telecast. You cannot." This was in the eighties. You cannot. We cannot do that. Whoa. Okay. Um. She was also in Hotel New Hampshire, um, which is uh, which we have established previously was a very important film for me as a young yeah, as, as, as a young man watching movies I wasn't supposed to watch. Um, she was in Radio Land Murders, Bloodhounds of Broadway. And um, unfortunately, uh, this this is towards the end of her career because she died fairly a fairly untimely death that I think uh, horrible. relatively young age of 50 from ovarian cancer in 1994. Um, but I have this quote from her and she says, I showed New York that sex on stage can be fun. I've been a sex symbol all my life, but it doesn't bother me. I can sing and dance and act. What do I have to worry about? I don't know why I decided to kind of make her sound a little like a uh, little, little too New York-y there. I don't really she, know. It was like a little bit like by way of Catherine Hepburn, but I liked yeah. it. Um, <laughs> I showed New York that sex on stage can be fun. I like, I like all the, <laughs> I like the implication that they're just like a bunch of solemn New Yorkers joyously watching solemn sex on stage. <laughs> no, no, I do. like Yes. The idea that like people are like sex. On the stage? No, that doesn't sound like something I'd be interested that in. That sounds like, like no fun. And she's like, she, she's Sam I Am is there. Like, try it. Try it. You will see just how <laughs> fun sex on stage can be. It's really yeah. funny. But anyway, I get the sense, like, when you see, I mean, even in the episode, she she's a powerful presence and probably was a pretty fascinating uh, fascinating woman. Um, but, but, but someone who I think did a lot of work outside of film and also film I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Tristan Rogers is Evian Monroe. He's the uh, the guy with the Australian accent in the soaps. 
he is probably, in my mind, most famous for being the voice of Jake in The Rescuers Down Under. <laughs> Whoa! Oh. Okay, okay. A noted also, sex symbol. Noted right, sex yeah, symbol. right, right. The Very sexiest, important for... the, the sexiest <laughs> mouse to ever live. Yeah, he, isn't he like a, he's a, um, he's a kangaroo rat, I think. Yeah, because he's got that little fluff on the end of his tail or something. I don't know. <laughs> Mary's mouse. like, I, I certainly, Mary's like, I certainly don't have a secret tattoo on my arm of him. I mean. <laughs> but I'm looking at. It's I on mean, your bicep, so you can kiss I, it every night. I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating craggers, and he'd probably okay, want to okay. because he's a rat. He's also in, uh, also had a run on General Hospital as well. So there's some soap bona fides there. He was um, supposedly the first Australian actor to gain popularity in the United States using his native Australian accent. Um, and <laughs> Before then, his, like, all the Americans were like, what? Well, do you recall several episodes ago when... Anthony LaPaglia, um, of course, as Mike Myers' best friend, is also an Australian who, who intentionally lost his accent, oh. just like Mel Gibson did. So Tristan Rogers, um, interesting. It's kismet, right, that they're in the same episode. But Tristan Rogers, apparently his kind of rise to fame and like like low key or maybe even high key sex symbol status um, is credited with that weird American fascination with Australians that, that you and I remember because we were watching television in the Outback Steakhouse was suddenly everywhere and Crocodile Dundee and like all that kind of stuff. I say he paved the way for Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, for, yeah. What's that guy's name? Uh, is it Paul Hogan? Mm. Ugh. Mm. We're getting a lot of stuff wrong on this episode. Mm. <laughs> this is one of the... <laughs> That's normal not a, life. Um, it's yeah, so right, funny. Right. I mean, it's just funny to think that like being Austra- being Australian was never like kind of hip. Right. And now, and or that somebody was like an Australian accent. How droll. Right. Now we're going to let's get way into it. Um, the only other person to talk about is, of course, Anthony LaPaglia as Abel, the cable guy. It's Tony. It's Joe. He's back. He still doesn't have an Australian accent. Yeah. Do you think that he was like mad when he would see like Tristan I don't know, just how... and be like and be like, why does he get to keep his Australian accent? No. How weird is that, though? That must be really weird. That's really, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's fine. But like, it's, it's always strange it's when you're strange to hear, like, um, did you know that Renee Zellweger has a Southern accent? Oh, weird. No, I didn't. She's from, I think she, she might be from Texas, but which, you know, but no, yeah, but sure. she, but she talks, she talks like she's from like Oklahoma. She's like, well, gosh, like, oh, I just oh, wow. don't even know. <laughs> like I heard her like give an Oscar speech and I was like, is she doing a bit? Like what is happening here? And it's like it's like how everybody who or anybody who's only who only knows Hugh Laurie as Doctor House like hears him actually talk, and they're like they're like, did he fall on his head? <laughs> well, you know, we're just so I'm just really jazzed. I'm just really happy about Doctor House this season. It's upcoming season is going to be really boffo. Do you think that um, Hugh Laurie has to use an American accent to be taken seriously in his home? <laughs> or like, you do you think he turns it on when if there's like an yeah, emergency? Yeah, like busts out the Doctor House voice when yeah, he needs yeah. to like yell at his kids or yeah, something. He's yeah, he's like, somebody has been drinking all of my diet caffeine-free Pepsi, and I'm mad. I refuse. I actually, I refuse to believe that Hugh Laurie has a, a family or like a responsible like adult uh, grown-up house or flat or anything. I prefer to think that he and Stephen Fry are like just roommates, and that's it's it's exactly like Jeeves and Wooster. <laughs> Just all the time. Do you think that uh, J.K. Rowling is uh, giving Stephen Fry a little call nowadays? <laughs> being <laughs> oh, like, man. being like, we're both very important British people who uh, put our foot in it quite a bit. <laughs> Don't seem <laughs> to know exactly what's going on in the world. 
it, to be fair, at least Stephen Fry's bit is that he just likes to pretend that he is of the past. Like, he's like, fly off in a dirigible at any moment. Yeah. No, but he's, like, he's he has also said stuff, bad stuff about the trans yeah. community, if I recall correctly. Um, and then was just, like, was like, I just am, like, terribly befuddled. And you're, like, not befuddled yeah. enough to not constantly sort of prey on younger men. Anyway. I think it's, I think it's just a generally good idea to not look into what any individual British celebrity uh, has to say about about trans rights or they representation don't, or anything. I don't understand. I don't understand like what that's about. I don't. I, I don't. I mean, I don't either. They're almost universally crap at it. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, or or fairly good support. I mean, I, I don't, it's not like it's not hard. It's either like, are you for it or against it? Oh, you're against it. <laughs> you know, are we the baddies? Oh no, we can't because Web uh, is also kind of trans exclusionary too yeah which is we can't have anything nice who would be who (laughs) this is this is the slant this is the uh slander portion of the podcast flying to her uh to jk's aid as well oh really the wasi is there Eh, that kind of makes sense to me he's he's like yeah 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 yeah. kind of he kind of has that like like your uncle who like wants to scurry up a thanksgiving uh energy to him yeah yeah check out my leather jacket no, why can't I say the word? Like, it's, it's his energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he yeah. definitely he definitely is using, like, terms where you're like, no, you can't say that anymore. Yeah. We, you and I just can't watch the Big Fat Quiz anymore. <laughs> why? Does uh, Jimmy Carr's uh, horrible tax evasion offend you? <laughs> just saying. <laughs> no, I don't care about that. Mary, oh. we come from, we're from a whole nation of British tax evaders. <laughs> it's true. That's our He's whole country. He was deal. just throwing. He was just throwing a Boston Tea Party for one. All right, that's all I got. That's all, all right. I want to talk about. All right, this is what this episode's about. <clears throat> Janet, <laughs> Mary, what if you were just like nothing? It's confusing. All right, on to the talking. Place. You know, I couldn't quite follow it. All right, <laughs> um, don't 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 rightly know. Uh, Janet is a sexually frustrated housewife who envies the hedonistic lives of the characters on the soap operas that she watches every day. After her husband rejects her propositions, she starts up a steamy affair with the cable guy. However, her husband might not be such a wet blanket after all. He has a plan to sweep Janet off her feet and make her lose her head over love. (laughs) Um... This what is what is the more I I I just don't even know this everywhere every time I thought this episode was gonna zig it zagged but like stupidly like it mm-hmm. wasn't surprising in an exciting and happy way it was exciting it was it was or it was uh, it wasn't unpredictable <laughs> in a good way it was unpredictable in an incredibly bad way yeah yeah no I I, I have my my usual three morals. Do not cheat on your cold and distant husband, no matter how much it seems like he wants you to. Yeah, it really did seem like he wanted her to. Yeah. Does he want to? No. Doctors are all trouble. Mm-hmm. And then also, the early 90s are the golden age of suspended animation anesthesia technology. Mm-hmm. It's not really a moral. It's just a statement. Yeah. Um. So, there, I thought I was going to really like this episode and I didn't. Um, And the reason I thought I was going to like it is because I think if you had it on mute, just in the back on the, like on in the background, you would be like, huh, is this a, is this like a weird low budget David Lynch short? Like Mm -hmm. 
it feels it has that sort of um, pink surreal suburban satire look to it. Um, mm-hmm. And now I'm going to name a bunch of things that are much better at doing that than this. Serial mom. But I'm a cheerleader and my new very favorite movie of all time, Grass is, uh, Greener Grass, which is streaming on multiple platforms and everyone should watch it. It's very good. Um, oh, yeah, you should watch it. It's great. Um, <laughs> Wait, really? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like... Like, like, there's, like, a lot of stuff you can do with this. Like, it's fun to talk about people who are material, materially comfortable in life, but that that life can be soul-crushing and claustrophobic in its own right. Like, I love those kinds of stories. So I was very disappointed with this. I, I was prepared to like it, and I didn't. You know, you would you even though we talk about it all the time, you would like The Sopranos if you like that sort of thing. Maybe. Since a low-key subplot is that Tony being a mob boss is just also like a like a shitty rich guy like all of his neighbors. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. I would like that. You yeah. know, um I know I don't know who is um Mrs. Soprano, but I've seen uh-huh. pictures of her and I like to pretend that she's Jamie Dembo. Isn't that a fun oh. isn't that a fun lie to tell yourself? <laughs> Carmella, isn't um, she? Isn't she played by Edie Falco? Oh, okay, that's yeah, cool. I think that's right. That's cool. Nurse Jackie like, herself. I think she looks like uh, Tony Soprano. Oh Tony! Tone. Oh Tony! Tony, you left. You and left the ice cream the scoop guys call on the counter. Tone, like short for Tony. Like Tone Loke. Cool. Tony. <laughs> cool. Funky Cold Medina. <laughs> Very cool. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Yeah, no, I, uh, yes, this, this feels very There are details I like, but they amount to absolutely nothing. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, so I, I did like that at the beginning we come in on sort of like a sexy office, and the acting is all kind of terrible, and I, and then you get the reveal, and it's soapy, you know, you get the reveal that it's the, it's the, 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 it's Janet watching a soap opera on TV, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe this is going to be. Like kind of maybe it'll be good, but actually the um, the acting and the sets and the writing is not actually that much better than this than the soap opera, which, which makes it tough. Yeah, like right. it's I yeah. you know like I know we just came off the very disappointing Walter Hill episode, but God, I've never missed Walter Hill so much. You know, because with his lush visuals and actually pretty good writing and like it, yeah. <laughs> this it felt real. It, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, the thing that I can't wrap my mind around is what... Okay, so the title of this is Spoiled, right? Yeah, right. <sighs> why? Why is it called Spoiled? I mean, like, Janet, I feel like, has every right to be bored. Like, and, and, and not only sure. that... The way that she's bored is, like, probably one of the more hyper-relatable types of boredom mm-hmm. to people watching this show. I mean, like, she has, like, the classic hallmark feminist mystique, mystique light ennui felt mm-hmm. by, like, an unfulfilled housewife, which, because it's sort of, like, hacky, they've, like, distilled down into the fact that she's, like, mega horny. Right? right. But, yeah. like, but we know, we understand, like, she's watching the exciting lives of people on TV while she folds laundry and that, and she wonders why that's not her life. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's everybody, you know? Yeah. So it seems really weird to me that 
there doesn't seem to be a judgment call until the very end of this, that what she's doing is wrong, but also it's called spoiled. Why do you think it's called spoiled? Yeah, so I think that they're, I, I think that probably at some point they were trying to play it into the whole, the ant, that the weird, he calls it anesthesia, but it really seems like it's more like suspended animation for that rope, for the robot, for the rabbits. Yeah. And, uh, I think there's something there, although that the although that there's never really any payoff there. I mean, I know I guess the idea is that you can do surgery that takes a really long time somehow with that. Yeah. But I think we're supposed to, it's supposed to be that ju- juxtaposed with yeah the fact that Janet's ungrateful and spoiled. She has everything. She's got the American dream. She's married to a doctor, um, which. But it like, just feels bad. Like, yeah, it, but like I, we've never. I mean, like uh, maybe maybe just too much time has passed, so I don't I don't really understand. No, because like no, because this was a bad look even then, right? Like, I don't think that I don't think anybody. I mean, at the very least, right? Even 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 if you're gonna say that you know a a, a housewife lives in the lap of luxury and gets to watch soap operas and eat bonbons and like who cares about all this like unpaid physical and emotional labor that she does even if you set all of that aside yeah to say that you're married to someone who putters around in their basement laboratory and barely interacts with you as a person much less as like a, a partner or a loved one and whom you are unbelievably horny for and keep throwing yourself at and they just keep rejecting you is there anybody who thinks that that's you know that that like oh man you're so spoiled you just watch television yeah (laughs) you know like who cares about your loveless marriage just go upstairs right 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 yeah Yeah. like that's kind of i mean that's a you gotta you gotta have some real rank misogyny at work to really like buy into that yeah um the the one the one like the little the little details I did like are I do like the fact that he is like he's like a doctor that has a basement lab like right <laughs> like which is just a crazy idea but is like so prevalent in media it's like oh yeah yes. well you know he does like science at work so like, when he like, comes home his hobby is also science but it also seems like he does all of his research at home right <laughs> yeah did you like the part where she asks if that something about like was the surgery successful was the, the surgery successful and he's like yes but the patient died. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah, that, that was awesome. Um, my very favorite thing is that weird little dollhouse that the bunny lives in, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was it was that was mega strange. But but like also sinister it, and weird. And like what I wanted this whole thing to be like. Yes, yes, yes. They. They didn't they didn't do any of it correctly. No, no. Um, I mean, With I thought. The, that, I mean, like, just setting her up to have like a mirror life to this bunny would have been great, or or a mirror life to the soap opera. We kind of see that, but it doesn't. It doesn't pay off. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really inform anything. And the kind of the one thing that seemed like kind of an interesting development reveal in the soap opera, the thing where the the murderous Australian husband is locked up in jail and then is like, I found a new person. I found a new lover. And she's like, but you were locked up in the men's reformatory. And then does a like, Oh no. And you're like, Oh, is there going to, is that, Oh no, that we, that's just right. Is he also having sex with Abel? Is this, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. yeah. Is right. this, uh, is, is this the great, is this the great Gatsby? Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like that, that's just now it, it feels, it, the whole soap opera thing feels weird because I feel like it somehow makes the, it draws, for me, it draws my attention to how stilted and uh, cra- how stilted the acting and dialogue is and how crappy the sets look, which just makes it all seem kind of porny. 
Like, it just doesn't... It's not, you know... And it's also weird if, if we think this is supposed to be some sort of juxtaposition, like, you know, these, these housewives in their walled garden are getting dangerous ideas, getting all stirred up and horny, all horned up watching soap operas. It's weird for something that's pedigree is, in fact, the Tales from the Crypt and other horror comic books, which touched off moral panics of uh, about this. It's weird for, for Tales from the Crypt to be preachy about media consumption. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like we've had that. We've had moments like that um, before, yeah. but it, this is like the most like bare bones of it because yeah. you're just like you don't like stand on here. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, when, especially when the, especially since yeah, like you don't get the sense that the husband should care at all. He doesn't care about her at all. Yeah. No. And and it's it's not like um, what I guess my issue was. I thought that. So to draw the proper parallels between the soap opera, she can't just be, like, humping this cable guy. Like, that's not actually that exciting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's an I mean, it's an affair or whatever. But, like, I thought that she was going to suddenly start having, um, having, like, an exciting life. Maybe she gets a career. Like, going out and doing things and, like, it it mirrors the soap opera in some way and then that becomes sinister. Sure, sure, sure. But, like... So it also doesn't pay off in that regard because, like, soap operas aren't just about people, like, having sex all over their house yeah, with no, the no, same yeah, person. Like, yeah, like, basically, they <laughs> the, keep mentioning pornography, but, like, yeah, they basically, what we saw just kind of looks like the, the first minute of, like, narrative-heavy pornography for the most part. This isn't really what soap operas are like, to my understanding. Um, and the women responded, like, cartoonish fashion, like, the amount of yelling and, like, weird horniness <laughs> I just wrote in my notes, um, and pardon the crudeness, I just wrote, these women need to masturbate. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's not crude. That's just true. <laughs> um, that's good. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, like, yeah. But I mean, they just, they, they clearly need release, and probably they would, they, would, they would certainly feel better. They might learn something about themselves. It would be great. Yeah, they should visit their local, their local sex shop, get, get sorted out. Or whatever they, whatever... Whatever they're whatever called. they want, they can also yeah yeah they can also this visit, is like, they can also this visit like, their local Lowe's and pick out a nice handheld shower attachment. Right, right. It, this is this is the horniest episode of Tales from the Crypt we've watched so far. But like again, kind of like kind of like the the other really horny episode this season. Um, uh, oh, what's Love to Death? But like not in a good way. In sort of a sophomoric, stupid way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that this is hornier than um, Split Second? Oh, um, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I think Split Second. I think this Split is so Second. Bad. I think I kind of liked the horniness of Split Second. I would agree with that. I think that Split Second's um, uh, at least attempts to be titillating. I'm not really sure what they're attempting to do here. That there's like and there's like weird stuff like the fake out where she's on where she's upstairs and she's like sweating and thrusting and it turns out she's on the rowing machine. I don't know. It just like maybe that could have been like a cool reveal, maybe. But instead, I just kind of felt like, oh, what? What are you doing? Episode. Mm-hmm. 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 But, um, but, but yes, this sets up a bunch of stuff where you're like, oh, this is this. This seems like we're satiring suburban life and housewives and, but then, and sitcom or, and, and, uh, and uh, soap operas. And we, sh- we even have the moment, remember, when her husband comes home and then she sort of imagines him to be in the soap opera. So we kind of play with this idea of like a fan, like a weird, like rich fantasy life that that, you know, maybe will result in 
I mean, because it tells for the crypt, eventual murder or something like that. You know, will she, will we be left with something of kind of dubious reality? Nope, nope. Just throw that away. Never comes back. Yeah, no. It, it just, like, completely wastes any nice things it sets up. Yeah. Um, and, and how does it do that the most? It's the ending. The ending does not make any sense. <laughs> so, at the end, uh, we see that she, like, you see that the, her, her husband has, like, put her and the cable guy, Abel, in suspended animation so that he could swap their heads. And he's like, and then you get, like, a really terrible effect. A really mm-hmm. terrible effect where they look like, they both look like uh, little pinheads. Well, she looks no. like a pinhead on his body, and he looks like a big lollipop head on her body. Mm-hmm. And they're, and he's like, well, you guys just wanted each other's bodies so badly, so I gave it to you. And you're like, that was to never, be fair, that was yeah, never to be fair, a thing. What are you talking about? To be about? fair, before he kills her, the last thing she says is something like, I want your body. I want every inch of it. Which, again, okay. porn. It's kind of porny. Um, well, but okay, but like that's not. No, no, but but I mean, I think that's that's the closest thing I get to a theme. So then he's like, oh, and then remember, he goes out and he cries and he talks to the rabbit and he says, "I must hurt her as she hurt me." And you're like, dude, have you, have you been paying attention at all to what you've been doing for like the whole rest of this episode? Yeah, like I don't really think. Yeah, remember when she wore the lingerie that she wore on your wedding night, and you were like. No, I must do science. <laughs> You're like, I prefer not to Bartleby the Scrivener. Um, which again, no, which which to be clear, right? We're not people shouldn't feel ashamed into like like sex, but clearly she is crying no, out for attention and acknowledgement of her humanity. I think he owes her. I think that he should just lay back and think of England. No, you're right. This is like when you uh, when you like uh, when you're at a bar and um, your fedora hasn't fallen off yet, and you approach a pretty girl and they're like, "Hello, my lady." And then you do some close-up magic, and then she owes you sex. It's mm-hmm. like that, Correct. right? Correct. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Okay. No, but, like, he's a crap husband. And, <laughs> yeah, like, right. the, the idea that she's doing anything <laughs> that hurts him is sort of surprising to you because he seems to not care for most of this. Yeah, um, at all. At all. And You have no sympathy just, for him. I he have also no says something about him. into his weird little dictaphone thing. He says, human subject. And then he's like, subhumans. Which... Feels bad. <laughs> is, he a, is he a Nazi doctor? Feels like he might be a Nazi doctor. Yep. Um, but, like, the worst of all is it doesn't fit the crime, quote unquote. So the crime right. is that she... So, like, there's, like, a couple of crimes here, I suppose. The crime could be that she's having an affair born out of suburban ennui. That could be mm-hmm. a crime. But, like, it actually seems like the crime is that she wants her life to be exciting and it's not. Right. And so she's how, like, how dare you dream of a better life? Right. Which is like not like a great crime. <laughs> <laughs> like you understand when you bring, when I bring it down that way, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why this doesn't make sense to me. But like if yeah. that's the case, then you need something that fits that where like instead she like starts like her life starts to get better and like more exciting and she's like loving it. And then she suddenly finds out that she's like trapped in right. a like in a dollhouse entertaining bored aliens and like that's she's the soap opera now or something or right. like yes 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 or like maybe yes. it goes in more of like a poltergeist direction where it's like you can't commodify your life is commodified to the point where like demons demon clowns need to come out of your TV like that's yeah. yes. that like it could go in that direction too but like the TV is just render and soap operas in general are just rendered like a MacGuffin. Like, mm-hmm. 
they Which, should and, and, be central to the plot, and also the like the punishment should fit the crime of being obsessed with TV. Yes, and the and the, and they play such a not maybe not huge, but such a big part of the plot for no payoff at all. Like we understand, you know, sort of like televisual shorthand, right? The bored horny housewife is is isn't probably always has been a trope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> since, since ancient Greek times, we knew no, but um, <laughs> but uh, you know she doesn't. You don't even need that, right? Or she could just talk about the sofas. But they they bother to like film and show us these little sofa inserts, and she uses those in her real life. You know, maybe she could have something where maybe you could have something where she discovers that she doesn't actually want the exciting life, or like her life it, like gets off the rails. Or but we, we don't we don't get any of that. It's almost like they were writing this kind of like bad exploitive script and we're like oh wait oh this is tales from the crypt oh crap okay um we have to crowbar some horror in here at the end right or they could have done a freaky friday that also would have been fine yeah sure and i thought the um this this kind of makes the same mistake that split second does a little bit where we set up janet sort of as like the pov and the sympathetic character but then we're supposed to be like yeah punishment yeah we hate her and, and 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 without any of the and can you imagine that I'm saying this without the like deft touch or, or <laughs> reasonable characterization that we saw in Split Second, where you realize that that is in the service of like showing us that she is terrible and deserving of the punishment. And this is just sort of like I don't know, like her she got caught cheating on her mad scientist husband, and then and therefore has to have freakish and inhumane punishment. Right. Well, and also I'm sorry, like. If even if you think even if you're a misogynist and you think that Janet deserves this, for whatever reason, Abel Her- definitely does not deserve this. What did he do? Well, no, you don't. You don't. You know, you're not. You're not supposed to shuck some other man's corn. I mean, right? But no, of course. But like, that's just like so incredibly <laughs> crazy. Like, he didn't yeah, do yeah, anything. Okay. Like, what are you talking about? This. Um, the, I mean, and right, like the cable man. This. This does speak to a lot of like. The fear of cuckoldry, doesn't it? That your that your soft, spoiled, pampered wife will invite a rough working class buff man into the home and <laughs> surrender her virtue to like the, yeah. this speaks to all sorts you of know, like it's, terrible it's, like like you know all the Don Draper n- neuroses for real. Well, and it's also funny because it's like you know what's uh, what's more masculine than a cable man? You know, you think about like a lumberjack or a. Or a cowboy, or you know, a cable guy, yeah. like a guy who's well, responsible for, for, is, for yeah, plugging I know. in, like running, for, running cable around, laying pipe. Here's the thing: is a, I mean, okay, but is is a cable guy like the most manly guy who could just be in your house for for kind of you know nebulous reasons? No, like contractors or plumbers. Yeah, are okay, those. okay, but, but right, right, but all right, plumbers and pizza delivery guys also feature prominently in in in, in you know, yeah. American no, but I porn. would say I would say I anybody else. Who I just does... laugh about that because I imagine all these people having additions put on their house. <laughs> oh, like <laughs> endless additions? Yeah. Yeah, it's just constant constant work on the house. Yeah. No, I would say that cable me- cable people are like cable pers- persons cab- of cable. Persons of cable are like you know less overall manly. The, the only reason he's a cable guy is because she's obsessed with her TV, which has zero payoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I mean. I think, I think Anthony Abel, Abel the cable guy, sells the weird porn dialogue maybe the best, but it's also a really weird performance. Yeah, agreed. 
Did you also feel a bit, a little bit cringy every time they kept talking about the box? You've already got the box. Yeah, no, I mean, like all of that dialogue was terrible. <laughs> Made me feel really. His name was Abel, for Christ's sakes. Ready, willing, and able. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. glad that he. I'm glad that he gave her enthusiastic consent. But I do want to remind her that just being named Abel is not enthusiastic consent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The so so my thoughts of how we could fix this. We could swap the genre of porn. Maybe um, maybe we go from like normal normal you know vanilla like the kind to like either like a polycule gone wrong sort of thing where again a- as you anticipated the doctor and Abel are also in a relationship and then there's like weird jealousy or you make it where like the doctor is is ugly or insecure about his body in some way so that then you have this and it sort of becomes a like he gives her permission to have a you know virile lover because she's too. Uh, he's too busy and wimpy to deal with it. And then he gets jealous. And then you have like the body, you know, you wanted each other's bodies. So now I gave you the body. <laughs> you know, or he could, or he could switch sort of his body with the other guy's body. Oh, yeah. Steals Abel's body. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, man, which would like the Arnold Schwarzenegger episode. Arnold Schwarzenegger episode. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and then she'd be like, make, what actually I loved is the fact that you were always puttering in the basement. Yeah. Or make Janet clearly in the wrong. Um, like dive into like a stylized Stepford wife soap opera suburbia thing, sort of like take your cues from Judy. You're not yourself today. Like just this like very mannered sort of heightened performance. And just I mean, like it would it wouldn't be especially enlightened performance. But if you just made her terrible, then maybe you wouldn't feel so bad for bad things to happen to her instead of her having like reasonable problems. Like I feel like well, you would make her actually spoiled. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know why they didn't do that. That would have been... I, I still probably wouldn't like it, but at least yeah, I would, like, no, no, no. understand but, the story. This yeah, is right, just right, confusing. Right. right. She gets, I mean, she gets, like, the full Betty Draper here, where you go from, like, sympathetic, and then you're like, bad stuff happens to her, because she's just horrible. She's just the worst. Don't love it. Don't love it. Yeah. Um, Or you make it where the cable guy is, like, in the pay of Leon, and so, like, the cable man himself, the cable man himself is just like the cable, something that he pays to keep his wife busy and away from him. Like, kind of, a, I've been puppeteering this the whole time. I don't I don't really know how that, you wind up with a horrific or ending there. Could, yeah. <laughs> just kind of, just kind of boring, where it's just like, I was in control of everything. Um, yeah, <laughs> now, well, back to I, my I did, science. I did want him to be somehow conducting an experiment on her that yeah. she wasn't aware of. The best I could come up with was that she was like trapped entertaining aliens that mm-hmm. were big. Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a very Twilight Zone sort of thing. Yeah. Do you, it feels bad also that, I mean, sure, if everybody, if everybody is deserving of punishment because, you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God, why does the, do- the doctor deserves punishment and not just like the punishment of being like, he saw that his wife was satisfied with another man. Clearly the worst thing an alpha like him could have. No, he needs, like, actual punishment, and there's no punishment for him. No, he doles the punishment, and that feels yeah. wrong, too, because, like, well, who is he to tell anybody how to live? Right, right. Especially all not Abel, is, who he does he not does know at all. he rabbits in his basement and yeah. pretends it's science. Yeah. Also, like, someone might come looking for Abel. <laughs> like, he doesn't know him at all. It's so yeah. inappropriate. Well, you know, the cops would be there because, right, like Abel is, has that pager and is getting paged like super all the time. Yeah. And he does surgery on him for like two weeks or something. So, I mean, it's very unrealistic. No. Yeah. <laughs> this, this just falls apart. Yeah, right, 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 right. 
I don't much have much else to say. I mean, it's not a very good yeah. episode. And no, it's, it's bad. Yep. It's bad. It feels bad. It looks bad. It sounds bad. Yep. Yep. Plotting is bad. Let's rate it. What did you rate this? <laughs> Gosh. Um. So I'm in the, the Mary Johnson conundrum where I'm like, is it a zero? Is it a one? Right. Like, is it better? <laughs> is it is it better for me to just kind of be like, well, this wasn't very good or or be mortally offended? Doesn't mortally right. offend me. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm mortally offended that I had to watch it more than once for this episode. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, right. It's not. And, and I'm not the obviously the politics of the episode aren't good or anything, but it's also not. It's not Corman's calamity. Yeah, right. It's not Corman's calamity. <laughs> Or love to death, uh, the gold standard of what is harmful and bad in <laughs> Tales from the cur- Crypt. What is currently the uh, misogynistic stories that all other Tales from the Crypt must be measured by? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like how Three's a Crowd is the is the is like the ce- the current ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that uh, also. So, uh, I think that also Morning Mess could be could be up there. It's not yeah. as good, but it's still no, very no, good. Yeah, it's, it's it's very good, very good, and. Uh, Oh man, the the good Voodoo Island one. That one was good too. What's that one called? Yeah, that's like kind of a solid like that's the like sa- a solid it, high that, middle. No, that's not the sacrifice. Is it the sacrifice? I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think anyway. it's the sacrifice. Mm, no, I, it's not. No, sacrifice is the one with the parrots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. No, so I uh, I don't know why we didn't come for that name as hard as we came for spoiled, but we yeah, could have. Yeah. Well, it's because okay, but it's also because spoiled implies something. Like if this just was called like. Tuna casserole, you would, you'd be like, it doesn't make any sense. It's fine. But in this, you're like spoiled. Not only does it make any sense, but also you're be it, you're you're being misogynistic. You yeah, yeah. No <laughs> episode it's, namer. It's uh yeah, it's uh it's inflammatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, I I so I guess by those standards, this really isn't a zero. So I give this one out of five neglectful spouses. Yeah, I went through a similar thing. I was like, it's not a zero because it didn't, like, mortally offend me. It's not good. <laughs> no one is being hurt by this. <laughs> right, 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 right. So so at least it's a one, and then I gave it um, an extra .5 because I at what? least... I at oh. least like... I at least like, like what some of the bones are. Yeah, so it's a 1.5 out of 5... Oh, wait, you didn't tell us what, what, what your thing was out of. Oh, no, neglectful spouses. Neglectful spouses. 1.5 out of 5 rowing machines. <laughs> so, oh, is, it like the, is it like the rowing machines that were in um, House of Cards? Like, what that makes the weird water sound? Oh, whoosh. no, it's like the rowing machine she's, like, clearly stows yeah, yeah. under her bed. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oof. I'm so, I'm so surprised that this got a one and a half from you. <laughs> you're like you're like I just don't even. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know who you. Who even 1. are One point two five. No, yeah. um, I mean it's not like. Uh, uh, all right, so join us next time for the season three finale, which places Douglas, Douglas, but probably not the one you're thinking of, and Ackroyd over there. As they go over the top in a overstuffed forty-minute Tales from the Crypt episode called Yellow. Wait, Doug Funny is in an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Beating on a trash can, drumming on a streetlight. Why is that whole town obsessed with beats? Um, I don't know. What's what's their town called? Honkerville. Honkerville. Yeah. 
Thank you for listening to Crypt Creepers. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or the platform of your choice. Remember to subscribe, rate, review us if you want. If you want to be nice, um, be sure to visit outrageousmechanisms.com slash crypt-creepers to see our show notes and find other excellent podcasts in the Outrageous Mechanisms family. Till next time, kitties. Leon's fame and fortune were all assured. Too bad it all went to his head. (laughs) See, they didn't try very hard, so I didn't try very hard. Outrageous?